Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Talk About Theories, the podcast that is dedicated to all communication theories that we learn in theories of human communications. I'm your host, Gabrielle Jackson. Now this week, we're going to discuss chapter nine, which is called The Organization. So as usual, I usually talk about different theories that pop up along the chapter, but this week we had an assignment to just really focus on one particular theory in mind. And I really truly like the theory that we picked or that was assigned to us. So I really want to go into depth a little bit about that one. So without further ado, let's talk about the feminist resistance. Okay, so before we get started and we actually talk about my thoughts on the entire theory. I just want to give you guys a little bit of background information about our scholar who created the theory and her reasonings behind it. So to get started, our scholar that we're going to talk about today is named Angela Theraway. And Miss Theraway is considered to be a feminist organization communication scholar who believes organizations are gendered sites. And the way that she figures out or actually studies the feminist resistance theory is she evaluates her cases by speaking to women about their experiences rather than observing them in their own environment. And she does this because she wants to understand how women perceive their professional bodies or meaning their male peers and the strategies that they use to manage these people. So for instance, she created this term which she calls the tendency to overflow which means women's bodies might display meanings or messages that have to do with femininity and this could either be expressing emotion sexuality pregnancy or menstruation and she believes that women that if women express these type of messages or meanings that they can easily expose their gender differences between them and their male counterparts and in some cases it might not affect anything that's going on, you know, not saying that, you know, everyone is a male chauvinist and, you know, they're using these differences to kind of raise the stakes or, or separate each, each gender. But in some cases, there are times where a woman's credibility can be destroyed just because she is a female. So according to the book, Tuthery actually conducted one study where she spoke with single parents who were opposed to using social services like welfare. And during her study, while she sat down with her clients, she talked to them about their different resistances on why they didn't want to use the organization and the resources that they had at hand. And throughout the entire interview, she found out that by resisting these different aids that these people were going to receive, it made the women feel empowered about themselves and they were able to envision alternatives to the, to the conditions that they were living amongst in everyday lives. And I think that was really big because it showed women that they don't have to rely on anyone else to really go and move ahead in their lives. They can actually do it. They can push through. They can really 
build themselves up to understand that they don't need anything. They can really build their independence off of it. Tuthery also points out that the flaws in the organization of welfare offices and different things actually really can cripple women who use it instead of actually building them up. So although the organization's goal is to empower these clients or women or anyone that's using them, what they're actually doing is they're actually already selecting people who they believe demonstrate some type of self-sufficiency. And by doing that, they accept them. And then in turn, in return, they actually break those people down to make them feel as if they need to be dependent on these organizations in order to actually thrive and move throughout the program successfully, which is really not true. They honestly don't need that. If anything, these organizations really need to point out and pick out the women that, you know, aren't self-sufficient, that can't get get out there and find a job and, you know, bring in the money that they really need. They need to pick, you know, they need to pick those type of individuals to help out. Instead, they pick these people who already have some type of money coming in. They already have some type of motivation skills or motivation inside of them that makes them go-getters that will, you know, really make them pick themselves up that, you know, do not allow them to rely on anyone else. Those are the people that they're going after because they understand that, you know, they need to break those people down in order to get them to become dependent. I really think that this theory stood out a lot for me just because of how I was raised. So for many who don't know, I am a product of a single parent household. So when I saw Theraway actually talking about speaking with single parents, it kind of just took me back to how I was raised. And I can tell you that from the time that I was younger until the time I became of age where I went off to college, my mother never relied on any source of welfare or any social services to actually help us live and she'll always say to me I'm never that hard off or we're never that broke where we need government assistance to help us live I make enough money that we can live by our means and live under our means and be able to do all the things that we want to do and if we can't do them then we just can't do them we'll find a way to get it done you know and For me, I think that was beyond amazing. That was a great teaching point for me because it just showed me that, you know, whether you have, you know, a billion dollars in your pocket, you don't need all that money in in order to survive. And I think that was like a great learning lesson for me growing up. But even when she was, even when I was younger, you know, I remember my mom working two to three jobs just to make sure that I was able to get the life that I deserved. So I never went to public school. I, you know, I got everything I ever wanted for Christmas. I got all the things that I asked for on my birthday or if I needed new clothes for school, I got those. If I needed new shoes for school, I got those. And I think that was really something that spoke true to her character. You know, she didn't allow the fact that she was a single parent or even a woman to allow that to tell her that, you know, she couldn't really take care of me you know it's always ideal to have the father and the mother in the picture 
But when those things don't work out, she was able to be both my father and my mother. And I think that a lot of people, you know, even though they have that, you know, some people don't always experience the same thing. So I think I'm very fortunate to say that I could experience where my mother was my mother and my father. But she never, you know, she never made it seem to me like, you know, my father, you know, couldn't be there or or wasn't good enough or, you know, any of those things like that. She always made me appreciate my father, but she also taught me to understand that, you know, it's just me and her and it's always going to be me and her. And, you know, we are, we're all we have. So by being that we're all we have, we have to take care of each other. Another point that Theraway made, which I absolutely agree with, is the idea of the tendency to overflow. So a lot of times when you look at businesses and you look at different corporations and you see, you know, you see the whole idea that, you know, women don't make as much as men. So it, take it, it takes it back to that feminist movement where, you know, society always deems the woman to be lesser than a man just because she has these messages or meanings that, you know, really expose the gender difference between both counterparts. And, you know, in my thought, and just from working in my actual career now, you can kind of see that at times, but I'm not saying, you know, my job is one of those people who actually do that. I'm not saying that at all. If anything, the president of my company is actually a woman. So I think that, you know, that kind of shows how the world is changing, especially in media. But to say the least, there are companies out here who do appreciate the male employee over the woman employee. And those two people could be doing the same job. But because of how society deems them, that male employee may make more money than the female employee. Now, I'm not trying to say that, you know, maybe he, you know, I'm not trying to say that, you know, maybe he might do more or she might do less. But if you look at the numbers and the price wage, the pay wage between men and women in society, men do make more money than women. So is it because that, you know, we have menstruations, we have pregnancy? Is it that we have emotions? I'm not sure. I'm not sure why there is a difference in pay. But I do believe that everyone should be paid equal. I I know from my own experience, when I go to work, I give it 110%. I am always pushing myself to the limit, making sure that I am doing above and beyond to make sure that my job is done that my work that you can look at my work and that you can't see indigent any gender all you see is great work set in front of you and I think that is what Theraway is trying to get at she wants people who are going to be involved in this theory who understand this theory to know that no matter what happens these women that she speaks to are going to understand that no gender is going to stop them or get in the way of them getting what they want. All right, so that was feminist resistance. And like I said, it was just something that made me think about my childhood, my past, and 
really resonated with me in a way that I really didn't think was going to happen, but I'm I'm kind of glad it did. It kind of just, you know, boosted my whole Beyonce, Who Runs the World, Girls. I know you all know this song. But it really, really kind of really woke that type of feeling inside of me for me to understand that, you know, we have to teach these type of theories and these morals to our younger generations just for them to understand. And I'm pretty sure that they get it already just by looking at this world. But we need everyone to understand that we are all equal. You know, there is nothing that a boy can do that a girl can't. And there's nothing that a girl can do that a boy can't. Like, we all can do the same things. I mean, the world has shown us that already if we look at different news stories and articles and magazines and science and you know, there's nothing in this world that one person can do better than the other. So, with all that being said, I'll see you guys next week.